Ho 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 and Merry Christmas from us at That Time When, the comedy history podcast where we tell you about some strange things that happened in history. I'm Amelia Edwards and with me is my little Christmas elf, Barnaby King. No, this year I am Krampus. <laughs> you always go for the evil elves. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, I frequently go for <laughs> evil things in general. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> I write horror, don't you know? Oh, yeah, so you do. I I, I forget. Yeah. Hmm. Um, So, we've been trying to get into the Christmas spirit. I think it's been a bit tricky this year, to be honest. Well, you say that, but I've got some Christmas spirit in my hand right here. Hey! Last year we were on the cherry brandy because we decided we wanted to be the most middle class. Yep. Uh, Today we're on the Amarula because we decided to be like drunk, creamy elephants. I mean, you are wearing a massive fleece. I am. So I, I went all in. I'm going to do the advert here. I got the Udi, guys. Uh, yes. It is comfy AF. Yes, it is amazing. I frequently steal it and just become the warmest thing in the world. We're not getting given any money to do this, by the way. No, absolutely We're just cozy. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine if we were sponsored by anyone? Oh, my God. But I was just thinking, like, if it was Udi... I, I just want free stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't want money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, last year, this time last year, I believe, uh, we found out that we wouldn't be able to go home for Christmas. Yeah, it was, a, 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 it was like the 18th, possibly, sometime around then. I, I know it was so. around the time of the yeah. Downing Street Christmas party. Yeah, it was actually, wasn't it? But, yeah, we, we didn't have long to prepare and there was that mad dash to get presents sent down to families and sent up to us and yeah my my family were very nice my my sister bought us a a selection of fine ports yes little little miniature ports any port in a storm am i right and a box of naked bars as well yes because they're great yeah and (laughs) god was sponsored by everyone this episode we really are But no, that was really lovely and uh, cheered me up no end because, you know, we couldn't go down for Christmas, which yeah. was really sad. And we're going to go down tomorrow, fingers crossed, fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Um, but I was thinking that things could have been worse in that at least the government let us have one day for Christmas. <laughs> uh, we managed to go and see some friends, That's which true. was super nice yeah. of them. Um, one of them listens to this podcast, actually. Shout out to Amy. Thank Hi, you for Amy. putting us up. Woo! Woo! Um, you stopped Christmas being miserable. <laughs> Yay! And also the smell of your dogs afterwards terrified our rabbits. It did, but never mind. <laughs> Anyways, but I was thinking, what if the government had banned Christmas altogether? Oh, well, I mean, if the woke mob get their way, then I reckon they might just do that. <laughs> Why? Because it will offend non-Christians. Oh, okay. I mean, genuinely, um, this is the thing that people said, like... Um, do you, it was a lot a while ago, now, more than a decade ago, but there was that thing, Winterval, oh, yeah? which was actually like a business venture thing to basically tie a load of holiday stuff together. What, like Hanukkah and yeah. Christmas and Kwanzaa, maybe? Uh, maybe, I'm not sure. I don't think people celebrate Kwanzaa here. No, I, 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 
all I ever think of is Kwanzaa Bot from Futurama and that book, What the Hell is Kwanzaa? <laughs> I looked up what Kwanzaa is. It's ah. really interesting, but I think it's an African-American thing. Right. Um, as in, it's all about celebrating African cultures right, because people I were see. torn away from their African cultures, which isn't necessarily so much the case for black people in the UK. Yeah, so anyway, the point I was making was that some right-wing newspaper got a hold of this and was like oh my god they're trying to cancel christmas and call it winterville instead to not offend anyone it's just just not true yeah sure i mean that that really gets me like i think that's hilarious because obviously we're in norfolk it's very white here but actually but actually like the classes i teach are reasonably mixed Mm. um in terms of ethnicity like most of the classes i have have at least one muslim child in usually like two or three and also like a lot of people who don't celebrate anything christian as well and no one that i teach has ever been offended by anything christmassy except jehovah's witnesses Oh dear. Okay, well, moving on from that. Moving on from that. (laughs) Um, So, we've been trying to get in the festive mood, and we've been watching QI, I think partly as a basis for this. Like, there's something Christmassy about QI, and I don't know why. There is. I also, it's just, it's a comforting show. Yeah. Like, it takes you back to that time when sort of, I mean, admittedly, it wasn't a great time in my life because I had undiagnosed mental health problems. But it's back to that sort of like... GCSE, A-level time, when mm-hmm. you could feel that things were simpler, even though, you know... Before the recession. It, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in true QI fashion, Barnaby... Yeah? Who banned Christmas in the 1640s? Uh, Oliver Cromwell. Ah, Barnaby, you fell for my QI trap. <laughs> God's sake. What? <laughs> That's not how this works. We don't have points in this. <laughs> it's a podcast. It's just you and me. <laughs> I know. But I thought it would be funny to lead you into the common under- common misconception, I guess, about, okay. about the banning of Christmas. Right. As I learned on the Cromwell Museum website, Ooh. Um, actually, in a word, no. There was a ban. <laughs> in two words, definitely no. <laughs> in three words, oh my no. <laughs> there... In four words, definitely oh my no. You done? Yeah. Cool. There... In five words... <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> there was a ban, but it was Parliament that introduced it. Oh. Cromwell's involvement was limited at best. Now, to be honest, I read this and I was like, but Cromwell was in charge of Parliament, so what the hell? Um, It turns out it started getting banned when the king was still technically the king. Oh, right. Okay. Like, there was, like, a long-term ban under Cromwell's reign, but he Mm -hmm. never actually had anything directly to do with it. He never said anything about it. Right. So, presumably, he was absolutely fine with it, but he didn't ban it. It was his government that banned it. Right. Which is still slightly different. Yeah, I get that. Like, uh, Cromwell was quite puritanical, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he was part of the Puritans, and he was, like, the head of the, like, uh, parliamentarians, who were largely Puritan. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, if he's head of a government you've got to expect that the government's also got to be made up of puritans it is surprising that it happened beforehand though it did so in 1642 parliament introduced a monthly day of prayer and fasting on the last wednesday of every month okay um, and this was signed off by charles the first he agreed to this right and um, partly i think because by this point the war was getting underway the civil war yeah and 
people still had that belief that if you did prayer and fasting, then God might listen to you right. and stop the war. Because it turns out that Parliament wasn't very happy with a war going on either. No, I mean, yeah, if, you, if you're on the side of the establishment, you're not going to be happy with any sort of civil war. Um, the, the parliamentarians are the ones who are against... Oh, they the were against... Estab- oh, yeah. oh, oh sorry, uh, I thought you said parliament, as in just parliament. Oh, not, the not parliamentarians the par- are parliaments. Okay, right. They're against the king. Uh, okay. But at the time, this was kind of like when they were just getting underway and they were like, oh, oh I see, like, I see. We don't really want this to happen. We'd rather come to some kind of understanding. I see what you mean. I think the Christmas spirit is getting to me already. <laughs> That's because that you're not an elephant. That or its side effects from the booster vaccine we had yesterday. Could be. Merry <laughs> Christmas, everyone. And booster vaccines for all. <laughs> all right. So in 1644, um, Christmas coincided with this day. Right. And by this point, the Civil War was underway. Yeah. And I think the king was still technically kind of in charge, but yeah. it's got to a point where it's, it's horrific. No one really wants the war to be happening, but mm. obviously it has to... Yeah. It's reached that point where it has to keep going. You um, started, you might as well finish. Exactly. Um, so, because Christmas was on the same day, a specific ordinance was passed to emphasise this. They said, no church services, and, um, like, everyone should be praying, everyone should be fasting, nobody should be feasting. Right. But it turns out that our government isn't the only government that's really bad at doing things at the last minute, <laughs> because they issued this ordinance a few days before Christmas. Ah, takes you back to last year. It really does, right? <laughs> um, I think that they must have been doing the same thing where they were like, mm. but maybe maybe things will be okay. Yeah. May- maybe we can get... And then they go, no, no, sod it, we're going to try it. <laughs> so no one knows whether many people carried out this ordinance and actually fasted on Christmas and didn't pray and yeah. stuff like that. Because if you pass something a few days before Christmas here you can more or less get away with doing that because there's the internet. But imagine you're in charge of a whole country and everything has to be passed around by people on horseback. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to have some really speedy people going along and go, no Christmas this year. Yeah, and also, like, imagine if someone cracks up last thing Christmas Eve and is like, government says no Christmas, and everyone's like, no, (laughs) I'm already boiling the sprouts. What do you want? (laughs) I mean, so I'm imagining this this sort of day of fasting and prayer is probably actually quite handy if you're fighting a war just to kind <laughs> of like restrict the amount of food required. Because obviously, like, you need a lot of food when war's going on. That's true. But I wonder whether you eat more the next day to make up for it. Uh, you know, be. even subconsciously. Yeah, could be. Could be. Who knows? You, ate, you eat 8,000 calories of bread instead <laughs> of four. Oh, God, so much bread. Anyways, so the thing is that many Protestants throughout Europe were suspicious about Christmas. In case it snuck up on them. <laughs> well, they thought uh, like they thought that it, there were lots of things wrong with it in terms of it being a Christian celebration. Right. So first up, it's too close to Catholicism. All of your Christmas traditions have come through like Catholic Middle Ages. Yeah, okay. And it links with a lot of the ideas about Catholicism. So think about the early Protestants and Puritans are kind of like, let's have no false idols. Let's have no yeah. images. Let's not paint anything. Let's no be nativity very, very strict. scenes. That's very sinful. Yeah, I mean, Francis of Assisi made those and he's very Catholic. Yeah. 
Um, he also, uh, just as a little side thing, mm-hmm. um, Francis of Assisi is one of the people kind of responsible for the existence of Christmas carols. Is he? Or at least like carol services. Um, because he is the one who kind of started introducing songs into his Christmas like mass, basically. Oh, that's really cool. I did not know that. No, I, I was going to do an episode on Christmas carols, but the... It wasn't interesting enough? Well, no, it is interesting, but I couldn't get enough verifiable sources. Right, there was right. a lot of, like, dodgy things or, like, finding a crack.com article and, like, mm. okay, I see you saying this outlandish thing, but I cannot find it anywhere else. Fair. That's a shame. But the Francis of Assisi thing does seem to be pretty legit. I mean, I can believe it. Um, I said in my episode about Francis of Assisi that he was con- he's considered to be the first poet yeah. of Italy. So... I could see him introducing songs. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he was just super into music. And, and then he was he like... he Christmas a lot. Yeah, so it was like, hey, this is a way to kind of join this together. And then people came the next year because it's like this kind of having a party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it's too close to Catholicism. Hmm. Um, Protestants also take everything from the Bible. Right. Um, and the thing is that Christmas as a celebration isn't in the Bible. No. So if it's not in the Bible, you don't touch it as yeah. a good Protestant. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Especially not on December the 25th, which is not oh, Jesus' yeah, no, birthday. It's, it's the wrong day anyway. Yeah. It's the wrong month. It's the wrong season. Yeah. And the early apostles obviously didn't celebrate Christmas, mm-hmm. so we don't do it. They just had a great big birthday party for Jesus. <laughs> that would be really weird, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, if the apostles were like, let's just have a big birthday party for our founder. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jesus. <laughs> They also thought that the festivities were too drunken and debauched, which could be, I mean, also when it's Puritans, like, you don't know how drunken and debauched they mean. It could be anything. Yeah, you had a glass of sherry and sang a song, and it's like, oh, the sin! Oh, get out of here, sit on the spike! But also, given (laughs) what we know about, like, medieval people celebrating religion, they could have been completely trashed 100%. Yeah, very true. (laughs) Hard to say. Yeah, it's like the pilgrims and their partying. Yeah, they love to party. (laughs) And then the other reason, which I like, is they thought it might be too based on the Roman Saturnalia. Saturnalia? Oh, right, yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It kind of is. And therefore it's satanic. Oh, right, yeah. Because, you know, Saturn, Satan. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trey coincidence. <laughs> that old chestnut. Um, I have got a public notice here. Oh, Amazing. It says, the observation of Christmas having... Uh, 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 please do it in the original accent. <laughs> I don't know how to do a 1640s accent. Oh, yeah, yours is a bit earlier, isn't it? Mine is earlier and it sounds uh, Welsh. Um, Welsh and Cornish. So, public Otherwise note- known as Warnish. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you're, uh, you're putting some clothes secondhand. And it's like, they've been worn, well, Warnish. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> Christmas spirit. <laughs> so this one says, public notice. The observation of Christmas having been deemed a sacrilege, the exchanging of gifts and greetings, dressing in fine clothing, feasting, and similar satanical practices are hereby forbidden, with the offender liable to a fine of five shillings. God, I can't even say Merry Christmas anymore. It's PC gone mad, is I what know. I say. Do you want to see this notice? Sure. It's great because they've replaced the S's with those like little F-looking oh, yeah, things. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that you can't dress up nice on Christmas. I know, right? It's I like that it's nice and austere. Mm-hmm. However, 
the typesetter clearly messed up on the first word yeah. because the letters aren't quite in the right uh they're, they're not spaced in the right on the same level yeah there's some bad kerning going on there yeah <laughs> i also love public notice yes, with a k course. oh yes with a k it's like, a c and a k public yeah like magic mm, it's really good <laughs> okay by the way, the English were not the only people to outlaw Christmas on this on these bases. Oh, really? Yeah, Presbyterians in Scotland had already outlawed Christmas in 1640. Whoa! Yeah, so they were like, no. What? We've already talked about how strict the Scottish Church is. Oh, yes, that's true. Like with Robert Burns. Yeah. Obviously, he's later on, but I think there's a theme going on here, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, so Christmas was officially banned in England in 1647. Mm-hmm. This was when Parliament passed an ordinance which banned Christmas, Easter, and Whitsun festivities, services, and celebrations. They said no festivities in the home. Right. Um, what if you were celebrating something else and they're like, "You're celebrating Christmas." It's like, no, it's our son's birthday. <laughs> I don't know whether people our celebrated son Jesus. birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether people celebrated birthdays at that time. Actually, that's a good point. Probably didn't. Probably not. Who knows? If you're from the 1640s and you know, <laughs> write in. Yeah. Anyway, so you're not allowed to have festivities in the home and you'd have the the 15 shilling fine for non-compliance. And they tried to make up for it by introducing a monthly secular public holiday, a bit like a bank holiday instead. Oh, right. Okay. Which I think makes sense because yeah. like they're going, you had all of these like big holidays you don't actually get time off mm. otherwise. So let's give you a bank holiday every month. Yeah, okay. Hmm. I mean, that's better than Scrooge. <laughs> How do you mean? Well, he's all like, nah, you ain't getting Christmas off. And they're like, blurs. And he's like, oh, fine. But that only happens in the Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> I know, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so the banning of Christmas mostly meant that shops were supposed to stay open. Mm-hmm. And also any ministers who preached on Christmas Day would be arrested. I mean, this is going beyond like banning Christmas and it's now like the anti-Christmas. Basically, yeah. They're like, okay, just to make sure you're not celebrating Christmas, we're going to say nothing. No Christmas things allowed. You can't eat. You eat on Christmas. (laughs) We eat other times too. Yes, but you eat on Christmas and this is the anti-Christmas. Yeah, no feasts. No feasts. You must all go outside and be silent at each other. I oh guess, wait, but Silent like, Night is a carol. Oh, Be no. loud at night. Quiet during the day. <laughs> Silent Night celebrate. hasn't been invented yet. I know it That's hasn't. That's a Bach one, isn't I know. it? I <laughs> I just told you that I did some research into carols. I know that. But that's the joke. Okay, okay. We're so- a comedy history podcast, strange as it may sound. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> are you saying I'm not making jokes? No. I'm saying I'm not funny. funny. <laughs> 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 Do go on, dear. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to this. You don't have to. Okay. So basically, oh, oh, also in Leicester, the local free school was ordered to rearrange its holidays so they occurred every quarter instead of at Christmas and Easter. Oh, right. So they okay. made the kids go to school on Christmas. Oh. I know, isn't that sad? Yes. But it's good because it will teach them about business. <laughs> It is the American way. As you can tell, we have been watching The Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> You've watched it twice. I've watched it twice. <laughs> He's, 
He's watching a Muppets Christmas Carol and checking it twice. <laughs> <laughs> checking it for accuracies against the book. <laughs> so as you can imagine, there were a lot of complaints. Yeah. And just like with the last minute adjustments to Christmas last year, yeah. a lot of people broke the rules on Christmas. Yeah. Just like how some friends that will be unnamed because we're not going to um, send them over to the government uh, managed to flee down to their family homes on something like the 18th. I mean, at this stage, I don't even care about that because the government broke their own rules. No, that's true. So, who cares? Have a party, whatever. Um, So, riots broke out, particularly in Canterbury. Right. Um, For weeks, pro-Christmas rebels... (laughs) controlled the city oh that's amazing <laughs> and they went round decorating churches oh that's so cute isn't that the best rebellion you've ever heard of yeah i'm also imagining it as being like like a terrorist organization with like proper like uniforms and flags and that but it's all just christmas themed yeah it'd be amazing oh a hundred percent and they went round. they went around decorating churches and they demanded a church service on christmas day they were like we yeah, have got yeah. to have this Enormous candy canes sharpened into swords. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking, what else? What else? Uh, well, they had slingshots that they would use, and they'd fire baubles at people. <laughs> of course. Um, I mean, they've got a lot of supply of wood because of all the Christmas trees, sure. so they could easily make barricades, and then they decorate them with tinsel. Aww. It's so cute. So cute. <laughs> and then they use that tinsel to, to grot the anti-Christmasers. Yeah, it's kind of gr- <laughs> it's kind of uh, grim. It's a bit like happy. Yes, it is, actually. (laughs) Okay, so journalists of the time, they ridiculed the notion that Christmas had been banned. They thought it was really dumb. Yeah. In 1652, the faithful scout newspaper mocked those who thought that roast beef was anti-Christian. Mince pies were relics of the Whore of Babylon. What? Plum pottage. No, 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 no. We can't move on from that. No, we're going to do all of them and then we'll okay, talk about Okay, them. fine. Uh, plum pottage was mere popery and <laughs> geese and turkey marks of the beast. <laughs> okay, so plum pottage is a sort of very middle class decoration that we had in the 90s. Because yeah? it's popery. Ah! <laughs> sure. <laughs> um... Was it geese and turkeys are the mark of the beast? They're the mark of the beast, yeah. Right, okay. So it's not a number, it's actually meat. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Relics of the whore of Babylon. Mince pies are relics of the whore of Babylon. How, why, what, who, where? Okay, (laughs) so... You know how journalists sometimes overdo things to make their point? Right. Like, you know all of the stuff about, like, um, oh, the EU won't let us have straight bananas or something like that. Have curvy bananas. They won't let us have curvy bananas. Mm, Yes, that entirely true thing. You know all of those types of things. Yeah. That's what's happening here. Basically, there was no specific food that was banned by... The government. Right, but they're saying, oh, God, look at the government. They're saying that mince pies are relics of the horror of Babylon. Yes. Right, I see. So they're making, like, a really big deal out of it, which I just, I, I love the way that they phrased it. Yeah, Boris of Johnson steps up to, like, on, on a stage, waves around a mince pie and goes, they're calling this the horror of Babylon. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. Cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, imagine if a mince pie was a relic of the Whore of Babylon. I mean, what would that even mean? I don't Did know. Did she wear them? <laughs> Earrings. Earrings. Or a hat. Oh, yeah. A very yeah. small hat. Well, at the time... <laughs> like nipple pasties. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, though. <laughs> I bet somebody's made that. Almost definitely. People make weird things. I'm sure you can go on Etsy now and find that exact thing. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, <laughs> From a shop that does surprisingly well. Yes. <laughs> Uh, at the time, mince pies weren't necessarily associated with Christmas, like we associate them with Christmas. Okay, um, they were just mi- they were just meat pies with spices in. Right, so this is actual like minced meat rather than yes. mince meat. This is back in the day when mince pies had mince in them, yeah, and then some spices, and like slowly over time, they those things changed around yeah. because uh, like meat got less expensive yeah and was less of a big deal so yeah that makes sense um so yeah no Christmassy food was ever banned by the government but i appreciate the faithful scout newspaper being really ott yeah also imagine the people who must have genuinely thought that that was banned by the government because i bet there were people oh absolutely i mean look at the brexit referendum yeah look at all the weird stuff that was believed and uh, i again i don't really hold many of those people responsible for believing it like there's a lot of push to make you believe them but when you look at it now and it's just like this was insane yeah 100 percent. but yeah it still happened back in the 1600s and it always seemed to end up with boris johnson waving around a foodstuff like the man loves to wave his foodstuff yeah he waved a banana he waved a (laughs) kipper a kipper yeah that's funny i forget why some stupid reason probably it's to do with fisheries Possibly, but they don't care about them anymore. Um, As you can tell, this is a pro-government podcast. <laughs> There's just like a little red dot like floating around <laughs> on my forehead right now. Yeah, this podcast just ends now, <laughs> never gets uploaded. It does get uploaded <gasps> by some mysterious truthers. We're part of the resistance! <laughs> it's the, um, oh god, what are they called in uh, in the X-Files? Is it the smoking gun? Yeah, I think so. Oh no, the... The lone shooter, or I forget. It must it have been the smoking gun because then Terry Pratchett makes oh, fun of, course, of it with the, the smoking, smoking gnu. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> if we get complaints about anything, it's going to be that we got the X Files wrong. Yeah, that, that will be it. <laughs> um, okay, so there were also poetic complaints about the banning of Christmas. Okay, so one version of the world turned upside down. Oh, I know that song. Yeah, the thing is, there's like three versions of it. Mm. And then there's also the Billy Bragg version, which is completely different. Right. And there's also the version covered by Amanda Palmer. Right. It's a hard song to track down. (laughs) I mean, I know the sort of Napoleonic era one. So you probably know the tune of this. Yeah. Um, The World Turned Upside Down is sung to the tune When the King Enjoys His Own Again. Right. And I think all of the 1600s versions that I've heard... Yeah. Well, sung to this tune. Okay. This was a royalist tune oh. that was sung during the um, the Civil War in England. Yeah. But it's highly likely they would still have sung it during the Napoleonic era. Yeah. Do you want to listen to a bit of the world turned upside down, complaining about the banning of Christmas? Sure. And the fact that this is all down to one of the vassals in the Civil War? Yep, you're going to make me work with the editing this week. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Christmas is kicked out of town. Yet let 
I like the lyric, Christmas kicked out of town. Yeah, that's good, It's a it? sort of, get out of my pub, Christmas. <laughs> there's like, there's kind of a rage to it, which I don't feel comes across in the only recording I could hit, find of it. No, it's quite, it's quite soft, really. There's something about all of the versions of the world turned upside down that I can find, where they tend to get sung in a really tuneful, nice way, usually yeah. by a lady, usually with a sort of lilt to her voice. Yeah. And it's like, these are anger songs. Yeah, this is meant to be like, you know, inspiring rebellion sort of thing. Yeah, but, you know, like, I think it's an interesting thing that they have this tune. And yeah. they then go and sing it to a royalist anthem. Yeah. So it's clearly like, <laughs> oh, f- you, you've removed our Christmas and... Not only that, but you also removed our king. Yeah. So yeah, they're very angry about it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so John Evelyn, who was a diarist, who I mentioned before, actually, but okay. I forgot his name. Um, you remember way back when I was talking about um, Tsar Peter the Great. Oh, yeah. And I was talking about his little trip to England that he did. Yeah. And the fact he ruined somebody's house. Yeah. That was John Evelyn. Oh, right. Fair enough. So I, I kind of love John Evelyn. He was writing at the same time as Peeps, but he doesn't get kind of the same amount of fame. Well, he doesn't have as good a name. Yeah, that's true. Peeps. Peeps. <laughs> uh, so John Evelyn was a royalist. Right. And he also had issues with this ban on Christmas. Mm-hmm. So he wrote that on Christmas Day, 1652... Uh, he could find no sermon anywhere with no church being permitted to open. Right. Um, so he ob- observed it at home and headed to Lewisham the following day. And there he managed to find, to hunt down an honest divine priest and he managed to get his sermon. It was like, good. The woke hath gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> he tried again to get a Christmas sermon in 1653. Right. 1654. Okay. And 1655. To no avail. So every year he was like, I just want a Christmas sermon. That's all I want. And he couldn't get it. I bet he could. I bet there were loads of places. And he just, he specifically went around sort of being like, oh, I can't find one anywhere. It's like, there's one going on just down there. It's like, I can't find one anywhere. It's parliamentarians gone mad. (laughs) You're being really cruel to Evelyn. (laughs) I am, yeah. I don't know why. (laughs) I think it's because he's royalist scum. Uh, all right. Um, he did manage to find one in 1656. Okay. He went to the lodgings of Dr. Wilde. <laughs> and had a really good time. Yeah, Dr. Wilde was known for his parties. Uh, where he received communion and rejoiced to find so full an assembly of devout and sober Christians. Sure. Sure. Yeah, no. I don't believe that at all. They were off their faces. <laughs> <laughs> On Boxing Day, he even invited his neighbours and tenants over to preserve hospitality and charity. Hey, we got loads of wine left over, guys. Come on over. Gonna drink the blood of Christ. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, the following year, he also managed to find a service yeah. in 1657. Um, at the Strand in London, but as the sermon ended and the preacher, a Mr. Gunning, was giving out Holy Communion, the church was surrounded by soldiers. Oh, no. Uh, so Evelyn got arrested. Oh, damn. And so did everyone else. Yeah. And they got interrogated by a local colonel from Whitehall. Evelyn was asked if he was pre- if he was praying for Charles Stuart, mm-hmm. as in, like, future Charles yeah. II. To which he replied, he was praying for all Christian kings, princes, and governors. 
Eventually, finding no colour to detain me, they dismissed me with much pity of my ignorance. And instead later arrested me because I was eating a relic of the whore of Babylon. (laughs) That I ate a mince pie in their face. (laughs) He said, these were men of high flight and above ordinances and spoke spiteful things of our Lord's nativity. Amazing. I know. I have sympathy for John Evelyn, to be honest. Like, he went through a lot, bearing in mind this is the 1650s, literally 10 years beforehand that had the plague in London and the fire of London, which he also wrote about. And then he had the, um, well, he had Peter come round and stay at his house and like totally mess up his garden and cover his floors with ink, apparently. Like, he he had a hard time. I, okay, there's something about him being, like, searching for this sermon every year that really just makes me think of a Daily Mail correspondent. Okay, I, why? Like, oh, it's just, just this... I've got to try and get my thoughts in order about this. It's like... It's almost like you're looking for this thing. You're like, you're making this story rather than actually, you know, it happening to you. And it's like... Don't you have anything else to do? Like, surely if you want to celebrate Christmas, you can find some covert way to do it. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm going from place to place and I can't find a Christmas sermon anyway. It's like, get some real problems, John Evelyn. (laughs) Harsh. I think it's because you're imagining his stuff being published regularly. I know. I, instead uh, of it I, being yeah, his diary. I know. I guess that's the thing. <laughs> He's am, just moaning to himself. Yeah, which, I, like, I am thinking of him as like a journalist rather than just a diarist. Yeah. yeah. So do you prefer the journalist who like just made shit up and was like, oh, roast beef is the devil? Well, I mean, I kind of do because it's <laughs> funny. Okay. But at the same time, since we've drawn the comparisons to the Leave campaign, I'm like, yeah, I, I see exactly what's going on here and why it's bad and why, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like the mince pies of the relics of the Whore of Babylon. <laughs> because what a phrase. I know. We should make a, we should make um, like one of those feminist style cross stitches. Amazing. Mince pies of the, whores of ba- uh, the relics of the Whore of Babado- Babylon. I bet someone would buy that. Oh, yeah, thing. absolutely. Back to Etsy again, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why everything about this is so Etsy. But it, it really is. is. So in 1660, um, what is known as the Interregnum period mm-hmm. ended okay. um, because Charles the Fir- sorry Charles the Second was crowned. It would be weird if Charles the First had been crowned. It would be. <laughs> it would just be a head with a crown on it on a table. Um, no, Charles the Second. What a centerpiece! <laughs> <laughs> surrounded with relics of the horror of Babylon. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Nothing says Christmas like a king's decapitated head. (laughs) I didn't mean to get grim for this Christmas. I really didn't. Last time I talked about Irene's son being blinded. Oh, yeah. Hooray! (laughs) Anyway, the interregnum period ended in 1660 when Charles II was crowned king. Now, as we know, Charles II was kind of a party king. Yep. He brought back the theatres. He was famous for being friends with a lot of prostitutes. Um, And one of his friends, one of his first acts was to bring back Christmas. And presumably everyone had a wild party. Yay! Yay! Like, thank God we don't have to fast anymore. (laughs) 
So, Merry Christmas, everyone, and thank you for listening to That Time When. You can follow us on Twitter at That Time When 4 and suggest any episodes to us at ttwpod at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, to Kevin McLeod for our theme song, Anachronist, as well as most of the other music that was used in the pod. Thank you also to Maddie Pryor and the Carnival Band for The World oh. Is Turned Upside Down, which was recorded in 1995. I know of Maddie Pryor. Do you? Yeah. And thank you for listening. Now go out, invest in eels, and eat the relics of the Whore of Babylon. Bye!